I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. Insufficient data to formulate a reply. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. Danger probe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Hey, uh, I'm I'm Joe, joined by my co-host Devin. And Steve. And we're going to talk about a really, really weird mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Today we're going to talk about the Vatican murders. Yeah, this, uh, one's, this one's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of convoluted. There's a, this, is, this is controversial. Our mystery starts May 4th, 1998. It was a dark and stormy night. was it though you stole that right out of mystery novel didn't you yeah that is you know you know dark and stormy night is considered like the the, yeah one one of the worst phrases or one of the worst sentences i know yeah yeah so i had to throw it in okay uh i don't know how stormy it was i hear it was rainy so i just sort of just sort of bumped that up artistic license yeah exactly now back to our mystery uh it begins in vatican city you probably all know where that place is if not pause and go do a google uh, a young guy named Cedric Tournay entered the barracks of the Swiss Guards, which is next to the Apostolic Palace, where the, which is where the Pope lives. I can already tell that I'm going to mispronounce literally all of these words. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's a few in here that are, you know, there's one that I didn't even try to figure out how to pronounce Great. it. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this one was yeah. tough. I, I, I'll yeah. tell you right now, I told Joe earlier, 
some of these words and names that we that are in this story. I'm really trying to figure out pronunciations, and this is all based in Italy. So I'm watching Italian news. I don't know Italian. Trying to pick out somebody's name to know how to pronounce it. It's harder than you would think. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, it's Italian. Never mind. I'll be great at it. Sweet. Oh, that's right. You're part Italian, right? Yeah. So back to Cedric. He entered the, the barracks of the Swiss Guards. Uh, he had a gun with him, a SIG 9mm automatic, uh, which actually wasn't unusual because he was a Lance Corporal in the Swiss Guard, and they actually ha- they actually do carry guns. I guess I didn't realize that. I thought they just had those weird, like... Yeah, the halberds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, carry, they have uh, swords, halberds, uh, pistols, and submachine guns. Odd. That's yeah. an odd collection of weapons. I know. Okay. Yeah, and I, 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 I did not actually take the trouble to find this out, but I might research it anyways. I'm, I'm curious about if they, retru- if they actually get training and how to use their swords and halberds Mm. they do they do they do they they do get training and at that time their uh, target practice requirement Mm -hmm. was one day a year Mm -hmm. that's all they had to to practice that's all i I, that's all i have to practice (laughs) wow that i'm sorry and the swiss guard for those of you don't know what the swiss guard is it's a small army of swiss mercenaries who guard the pope in the vatican uh they they have been for i think this is like the 500th anniversary this year mm-hmm. that they've served the vatican they and as i've already said what they're armed with um, i also want to tell you uh, just a, a brief background a little biographical information about our cast of characters which is basically there's two main people here of course we've already talked about tournay he was 23 and swiss french uh, the French speakers in switzerland are maybe 15 percent of the population 15 one five yeah 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 okay. about that roughly um and so for obvious reasons, they are they were a minority in the Swiss Guard. Mm. And Tournay had been with the Swiss Guard for about three years and had recently been promoted to the Lance Corporal. So he was doing okay. He was doing all right, all right. yeah. Uh, the other protagonist here, Colonel Alois Esterman, who we'll be meeting shortly, was the commandant of the Guard. Uh, he'd been in the Guard. He was in, joined in 1977, left, lived in South America and Argentina for two years, and then came back in July 1980. He rejoined the Swiss Guard as an officer. Uh, and then he was promoted a couple of times. Uh, eventually, he was appointed as the acting commander of the Swiss Guard. And this is a point of contention. Apparently, there were people who did not want to make his appointment permanent mm. as a commandant. And so, and, and reportedly that they even included perhaps Pope John Paul II. Oh. Yeah, which is interesting because he served as John Paul II's bodyguard for years. And he traveled all over the world with him. And John Paul spoke highly of him, so... It's a bit odd. So I'm not entirely sure that that's true or not. Hmm. With this Vatican stuff, it's so tortured and convoluted. I mean, who can tell? <laughs> yeah. And also, by the way, Esterman was Swiss-German, meaning that he was among the majority of Swiss people who speak German, which also, by the way, is, is not like regular old German. It's a totally different dialect. So there's a big language barrier between the Swiss-French and the Swiss-German. Swiss which leads to problems in the Swiss Guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. and only you, you, you have to be, what is it, 18 to 25 and natively born Swiss to be in the Swiss Guard. Yeah. And I like. I thought you, it was like 18 to 30. It's something, I can't remember the it's exact young, age range. Right? Yeah. It's a, you have to be you a younger to, guy. And you have to have served in the military. I believe. You have to be a Catholic. Mm-hmm. You have to be at least five foot eight inches tall. Is that true? Yeah. Actually, it's, to be more precise, five foot, eight and a half inches tall. Is that true? That's yes. true. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You can't be any shorter. Yeah. 
Okay. I guess they want the guards to be tall and imposing people. I guess I, yeah. I could never be a Swiss guard then. No, you're about it's a the height foot thing. short. Yeah. 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 All the height things. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, you're not a male, and I'm not, I'm not. Are you Catholic? No. Are you Swiss? No. Well, you're almost there. I'm halfway at least. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there is this whole language barrier and, and cultural differences in the guard, which leads to a little bit of tension, I hear. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the problem. Is I was doing uh, a bunch of research on this and. You said it's 15% of the Swiss or French yeah. Swiss, is that right? Roughly, you know, actually, I, I just saw the numbers on, on Wiki and then I compared it to the overall. Well, that, that sounds very and, consistent and just, with the things that I've, I've read. I didn't use a calculator, I just you know, <laughs> did a rough out in my mind. So but, but the it point could be 12%, is. Know, the, 14, the point is, know. is that when the guys who are Swiss French join the, the Swiss Guard and they come in, the everybody in the Swiss Guard speaks Swiss German, so they don't even know the language to start with. So they're already at a disadvantage. Which yeah, that's is, right. Because they, they they learn German in school, but it's more standard German. Yeah, like speak yeah, in German. Sta- yeah. That's exactly the problem, and that's yeah. so. It's these guys are just they're 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 already a peg down from day one. Yeah. So Tornay went to the apartment of Alois Esterman, and he was let in by Esterman's wife, whose name was Gladys Meza Romero. She was Venezuelan, by the way. Mm, of course she was. Of course she She'd was. She's been an actress or a no, model? Did. I heard she used to be a model. Yeah, it was yeah. a model. Okay. Yeah. He was let in by the wife. He pulled out his gun, shot Esterman twice, killing him, and then shot Gladys Romero twice, also killing her. Whoa. And, also, and, and I might say, by the way, too, there's actually no, no actual evidence that he shot Esterman first and the wife second. No. There actually isn't. That was pointed out by, um, by a pathologist, actually, not, a, not one of the Vatican pathologists. Esterman was in a chair and fell out of the chair after being shot. Mm. So it's presumed that he was shot first because if his wife had been shot first, he'd have stood up and started, you know, mo- moving. Mm. Where uh, And so he wouldn't have been slumped and fallen out of a chair. Unless mm. he shot the wife and was sitting. And, listen, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little Time bit. Time for the theories. Yeah, yeah I mean, or he could have, you know, he could have gone bing, 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 bing. He could have shot Esterman Back once. and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wife once. Kneecapped him. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about this in theories, maybe. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then after that, he dropped to his knees, put the gun in his mouth, and pulled the trigger. That escalated real quickly. I know, I know. Yeah, it's kind of a sad thing, actually. But anyway, so we have a murder-suicide thing going on here. Do we? But yeah, that's the question. Some people say not. There are a lot of theories. Some people say it was actually a triple murder. Well, it is yeah. the Vatican. Committed by dark forces yeah. within the Vatican. So we'll talk about all those theories a little bit later on. Yeah, it's pretty mu- it's pretty muddy. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Uh, and frankly, there's a little disinformation in there about things like the Masons and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't even come yes, across that. Yes, this is going to be the best yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. You love the Mason stuff. I you? do. Yeah. So what was his motive? Good question. Yeah. Well, apparently, the, you know, as you know, the, the French, the French and the German guys and the Swiss guards apparently have a, you know, there's a little thing there. A little the class. German. Like a murdery thing or just uh, like a thing? No, you'd think they'd have murders more often if that were the thing. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. fights or scuffles. Or... Yeah. Yeah. But, but apparently, yeah, the German speakers do dominate the Swiss guard. Apparently mm-hmm. there was, there was talk that uh, Tournay resented that and resented the way the guard was run. Mm. Uh, apparently his relationship with Esterman was strained, according to many accounts. Uh, there was a guy who wrote a book about this, a British journalist named John Fulane, and he, he talked to a lot of ex-guards. 
and documented that Esterman did not like Tournay. No, he seemed and, to dis. He he had something out for it. It was really weird. It was yeah. Tournay specifically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he seemed to single him out, okay. yeah, which yeah. I, I never understood what the basis of that was, mm-hmm. other sometimes, than some disciplinary issues that are called out. Sometimes you just don't like a dude. Yeah, I know that happens. Um, but but some of the some of his ex ex guard friends said that you know his as far as dif- disciplinary issues, there were a few, but no worse than anybody else. Tournay and, and some of the other French-speaking guards, as they were in the minority, they often complained of harassment by the German-speaking com- mm-hmm. component of the Swiss guards, mm-hmm. uh, and especially Esterman. Uh, an ex-guard who was a friend of Tournay said, and I'm going to quote here, Esterman can't, couldn't stand having French speakers around. He'd always tell us, you Swiss French have no place in the Swiss guard. There is no room for you here. So apparently he was kind of a bigot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Esterman and Tournay were not best buds. But was that enough to cause murder? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the no. thing. Especially after three years, I guess you kind of they would kind of build up. I generally think that sort of thing comes to a head earlier than that. Three uh-huh. years is a long time to kind of stick it out. Mm-hmm. But well, sure. I think that he might have um, he might have stuck it out because at that usually typically in, after three years of service in the, in the Swiss Guards, you're mm-hmm. awarded. A medal, which is, hang on, a Benamorenti medal, which is uh, this this cool medal that the Pope awards to people who have done service to the Catholic Church. For three years. Yeah, after three years, typically, you get this medal. And so he might have decided to stick it out for three years because, you know, get the medal. And the medal would probably look good on your resume. I was going to say... I think the minimum tour is also three years. Yeah, I think there's that too. Well, so. it's it's the accept. I wouldn't say the minimum tour. The accepted, you're an okay individual for having been in the Swiss Guard is to be able to to hang on for mm-hmm. three years. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, sure. But if you're going to murder somebody, why wait three years? Yeah, because it's not like you're going to get your medal or your commendation. And then uh, if you're going to kill, anyways. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's just okay. keep talking about this story. Well, let's get back to our mystery. Uh, within minutes of the murders, uh, the murders, by the way, were discovered, the, the bodies were discovered by a nun who lived in the apartment next door who heard a loud noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she came and checked, found some bodies, and then uh, sent out the alarm. The Vatican sealed off the apartment. No one was allowed near the scene of the crime, including Italian police. Of course not. Yeah. Technically, the Vatican is an independent state. Yeah, yeah. So... and they have their own police force. Yeah, they don't yeah. have to let the Italian police in. No, no, not at all. Within three hours, this is about, the bodies were discovered at 9 p.m. I forgot to mention that. Mm. Uh, about midnight, in about three hours, there had not yet been an autopsy, of course. There was a Vatican spokesman named Joaquin Navarro Valls issued a statement on behalf of the Vatican, which I'll quote here. Quote, the captain commander of the Pontifical Swiss Guard, Captain Alois Esterman, was found dead in his home together with his wife, Gladys Meza Romero, and Vice Corporal Cedric Tournay. The bodies were discovered shortly after 9 p.m. by a neighbor from the apartment next door who was attracted by loud noises. From a first investigation, it is possible to affirm that all three were killed by a firearm. Under the body of the vice corporal, his regulation weapon was found. The information which has emerged up to this point allows for the theory of a, quote, fit of madness, unquote, by Vice Corporal Tournay. 
unquote. That sounds like the sort of thing that people were diagnosed with in the 1800s. Yeah, fit of madness. A, super, a fit of madness. It's a super quick diet. You know, like, we, we know what's happened. Three hours later, we figured it all out. Like, that's such a quick yeah, leap. Yeah, I know. I know. It really is. It might be that they talked to some of, some of the people who, uh, some of the um, Swiss Other guards. Other officers. And, uh, and they said that there was bad blood between those two. Perhaps that was it. But the, the quick leap to, leap to judgment has kind of haunted the Vatican ever since because people have either accused them of, of going out and rendering judgment by, without knowing the facts or maybe they already knew too much. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know more than they're letting on. And they were leaking this. They were giving their official story too fast. Is yeah. that what that's supposed to mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another About 24 hours after the murder, another Vatican spokesman said that Tournay was, quote, an individual suffer, suffering from the psychological disorder of paranoia, unquote, although he had never met Tournay. And there's no, none of his, none of his ex-guard friends or co-workers, whatever you want to call them, ever said that he was paranoid. Mm. Yeah. No, he was angry, but not paranoid. Yeah, well, he probably had good reason to be angry. Another claim that somebody put out was that Tournay uh, was high on marijuana at the time of the murder. I know I've been saying this a lot lately, but that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. That that because he was high, he he did the killings? On pot. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but every pothead that I've ever known doesn't get off the couch. Yeah. They don't have the motivation to go hunt somebody down. Well, like, yeah, even if you do have the motivation, the paranoia isn't like, oh, I better kill this person because blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can't speak for everybody, right? But I, my sense is that the paranoia that comes with pot is like, oh, my God, everybody's looking at me. Everything is going wrong. It's not, oh, I know, I can get away with murder right now. <laughs> yeah, no. That's no. the dumbest thing. That's no. a completely different drug. And yeah. it was, I think it was trace amounts were found in his, his bloodstream. So he had a doobie, like, at week, some point. A week before. A month before, yeah. Before, yeah. Okay. And, and supposedly when they searched his room, they found a couple of... Uh, what did they call marijuana cigarette oh, butts? Joints. Huh? They were little joints. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in lunches. in a drawer. Like, yeah. But uh, God knows he might have once a you know a month or so couldn't sleep and took a hit of pot and that was it. I mean, but yeah. that doesn't that doesn't drive you to kill somebody. Not generally. God does know, Steve. Uh, <laughs> haven't you ever heard of wow. reaper madness? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anyway, off, away from pot, back to our mystery. The Vatican performed autopsies on okay. bodies, uh, and they were sworn to secrecy and, su- and supposedly kept no written notes. What? But, yeah, I find that hard to believe. No. The Vatican documents everything. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. have huge troves is, of documents. Yeah, but this is out there. If you read, if you you know go out and, and look this mystery up, that's what they all say. They kept no notes. And I, I find that impossible to believe. That's literally impossible. So I read Fournay's book. Uh-huh. Uh, the the city yeah. of secrets. Oh, no, Fulane or Fulane. Sorry, yeah. I don't know yeah. Fournay. I don't know who yeah. Fournay is, but Fulane's book. And sorry, who's Ful? He's the author that wrote City of Secrets that Joe was talking about oh, okay. briefly yeah. earlier. Yeah, okay, sorry, because um, he did a lot of the research on this. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading it, I didn't. I, I swear, I never saw they never kept a record. Mm-hmm. I think it was they were sworn to secrecy, and those documents were. Sealed away. Yeah, exactly. The Vatican hung on to him, exactly. but they just don't talk about it. Nobody ever knows. No, there's not much point in doing an autopsy without taking notes. Yeah, I know. Um, by the way, the book uh, City of Secrets.
voice by John Fillane, a British journalist, uh, is available on Audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. Uh, but actually, I, I, I wanted to mention it now anyway because I'm going to quote some people a little later on, and uh, most of the quotes that I've, that I've got about this mystery are from that book. Great. He from... seems to have done the authoritative work because he he did a ton of legwork, uh-huh, hunting he did. people down. He did, and and so a lot of the people who spoke to him are are the quotes that I got from mm. from those people I got out of his book. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so what did the Vatican coroners? Is that who does yeah, autopsies? Yeah. What'd they find? They, uh, the, it was consistent with murder-suicide, what with all the bullet holes and stuff. Mm. Yeah. They also found that Tornay had a brain tumor or sure. le- a, a small lesion on his frontal lobe. Okay. Yeah. And their theory is that his behavior was either caused by the tumor or by medication that he was taking for the tumor. I think this would be, this would have been a really great time for me to reach out to our experts about... About tumors? And, yeah, if it causes behavior like that. But it probably, I mean, the frontal lobe is, there's, that's, that's where a lot of your behavior is centered in your brain, you know, mm-hmm. but it, I, it would have, they, they found a really small, almost like a cyst, and it's like, yeah. I don't think it was Something big enough. Something teeny. Yeah, it wasn't. But also that it seems like the behavior would have been erratic. It wasn't like, that seems like the sort of thing, and again, I, this is total conjecture, I have no idea, but yeah. it seems like that would be an escalating thing, right? You would yeah. be having behavior problems yep. as a trend yeah and nobody not as a you're totally cool and then suddenly you go shoot a couple people exactly you don't snap yeah Yeah. that's just in my impression but again yeah no i I think you're right i think that you know it starts out small and as the tumor gets bigger and bigger you know Mm -hmm. you you get more weird yeah nobody reported that any of that yeah the vatican also noted that he'd recently broken up with his roman girlfriend Oh, no. And that, and that he had re- recently received a reprimand from Esterman for um, um, staying out all night and not coming back to the Vatican. Apparently, you know, for, the, for a Swiss guard to do that, you have to get permission. And mm. yeah. didn't know without permission, so it's kind of like being AWOL. So we got a letter of reprimand. Yeah, sure. they, I think it's one level you, uh, One level of rank, you're able to be out till midnight. The next level, you're able to be out till 1 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I think is how... Basically, every it, the curfew is 1 a.m., mm-hmm. Yeah, and then everybody has to be in. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. You're technically out of the country, Yeah, right? that's true, and, you're, <laughs> and you are in the military. I mean, yeah. you really are, but... Yeah. Still, it'd be kind of kind of suck to be in Rome and you know have to be have a curfew. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and he was twenty three, probably high. Apparently, from everything I've heard, a high spirited lad. Rome is fun. Yeah, I've never been. It's I want to go. Yeah. I was recently there. It's awesome. Yeah, I need to go. I'd love to go to the Vatican. This podcast is really making it easy for me to travel all the time. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> What's funding my trips to Rome? Every I know week. we make so much money off this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, back to the Vatican. They, Sorry. Oh, yeah. They, they, after, when they released their theory about, what, about the, the brain tumor and all that, they also re- released a letter. Because he wrote a letter right before he committed this act and handed it over to one of his, ex, one of his guard buddies, mm-hmm. asking this guy to get it to his mother. And uh, apparently that guy turned it over to the Vatican. And it was a final letter to his mother, which hadn't been mailed. Uh, the mother, by the way, says that it's a forgery. Hmm. Yeah. But there'll be more on the letter in a minute. Mm. But the statements that the, were made, behavioral changes, paranoia, drug use, really conflict with what Tornay's fellow guards had to say about him. He'd been in there for three years, and, and he was, he'd been recently promoted. 
He was he had a responsible position. He was in charge of all the guards deployed in the Apostolic Palace, which is where the Pope lives, yep. as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's you know that's a responsible position, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And he also monitored Saint Saint Anne's Gate, which is a, one of the main entry points into the Vatican. Mm-hmm. And I've got quotes from his fellow guards, which I won't I won't repeat them all, but apparently they, they thought he was a great guy. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't hear, any, I didn't see anything from other Swiss Guard that, that there was anything bad about the guy. Yeah. No. Or that he was going around the bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, nobody noticed anything like that. Mm-hmm. So after they had, they had services for both the Estermans and Tournay, and then after that, Tournay's body was flown back to Switzerland for another funeral there, of course. Mm-hmm. But his mother, uh, whose, whose name is Muguet Badet, stole the body. She arranged to have the body taken from a Swiss morgue. Oh. So she had she hired or, or maybe got... Maybe, actually, I don't know if she paid him or not. Body snatchers. Yeah, yeah. body snatchers. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but a professor of forensic medicine named Dr. Thomas Krompecker did a second autopsy. And uh, based on his conclusion, Tornay's mother hired two French lawyers. Uh, I won't bother naming them because I'll probably mispronounce their names. Mm. Uh, and the press, the lawyers had a press conference, released a 75-page report that disputed the Vatican's version and the, of the, the murders and the autopsy reports and demanded a new investigation. Hmm. So here's what the autopsy found, the second autopsy. First of all, Tornay's service pistol used 9-millimeter bullets, but the exit wound in his skull measured 7 millimeters. Hmm. So, oh, well, the mystery deepens. Next, they said that he had a fracture of the cranium, which was not on the bullet's trajectory. Mm. Yeah, and they said, third, his lungs contained a large amount of blood and saliva, which could not have been caused by his suicide. And I'm not a medical expert, so I really couldn't tell you that. Sure. But they say it could have also been, it could have been caused by internal bleeding due to blows on the head before he died. Mm. Mm, maybe. Also, they found in the second autopsy, no tumor on his brain. Of course, I don't know. Maybe the Vatican guys removed the tumor. And, I was about to say, if the you know. Vatican has done its autopsy and they've been slicing through his brain, mm-hmm. it is po- entirely possible that on the second autopsy, if it is something as small as we seem to believe it is, you wouldn't. You might not see it. They might have cut through it, so then it's not obvious mm. or removed it. Yeah, they could have removed it. I mean, I, it. I don't know. I'm not a. Path- I, you know, I don't. I don't do that kind of work. But I'm just. I'm trying to think of what it would be like for somebody to come in and have to do a a second examination. Uh, no, I know. I guess no... for me, the the lack of tumor is the least startling thing. There, you know, it's like okay, people lie about tumors, or it was a lesion, it wasn't a tumor. You know, whatever. If they were cutting up his brain. Sure, okay. Mm. Maybe they cut off the tumor. Fine, whatever. This other stuff, though, yeah. the like blood and saliva in lungs, mm-hmm. a fracture in your skull, it's just, it's a just... seven millimeter exit wound. Yeah, the uh, some of that stuff suggests like uh, violence. Yeah, you know, like not a just fight. Gunshot. Yeah, like or yeah. like a beating or mm-hmm. you know, cocking somebody over the head. Yeah, is there yeah. more stuff? Uh, yeah, they also said his front teeth were broken off okay. uh, as if a gun had been forced into his mouth. That's suspicious. Yeah, and then last of all, the the final letter to his mother, according to his mother, is a forgery because, well, I'll get into that more a little bit later on, but um, the, apparently it just wasn't his style. Okay. It wasn't written in his style. Sure. 
So anyway, I talked about the the metal, the the, the Benamorenti metal, which he was Benamorenti. supposedly, yeah, supposedly yeah. the. It's a good, yeah, good <clears throat> metal, right? Yeah, yeah, it's an honor to get it. I'm well, sure. no, I think it, that's the translation would be mm. Benamorenti. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, uh, the, shortly before the ceremony, and this is like two days before, mm. yeah, he found out he wasn't going to get the medal. Oh, that, which this he was, was the expecting. second time. Yeah, he, he he wasn't even informed about it by anybody. He just saw a list of the recipients, and his name wasn't on it. So was that was that Alois Esterman striking again? Uh, well, I. So he didn't get it the first year. He he thought he was going to get it the year prior, uh-huh. but he was. To his service time was it was short. He was short. too junior. Yeah, he was, he, yeah. It was, mm-hmm. He he hadn't hit the exact three mark. I think he missed it by like two months. Yeah. So he knew he was going to get it the second time because he was a good dude. Yeah. yeah. And but yeah, I I mean I know that uh, there's stuff that you know the, that that Esterman really didn't like him because of disciplinary re- reasons and that he was. Uh, I'm almost positive I remember reading something about. Esterman being one of the key f- figures in the decision for him not to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, obviously, he as the head of the, the Swiss Guard, he would have a lot, a lot of pull in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, a, what a jerk. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. But uh, some, some have said that the denial of the medal was a straw that broke the camel's back for sure. Tournay. And right. it was it was a couple days before the murder suicide death situation that was a couple days before yeah i think the it was it was um no as he found out the day of mm. the day of the murder suicide he found out he wasn't it was two days before the ceremony two days before the ceremony he had found out yeah. that day yeah he okay. had already booked tickets for his family to come and everything mm. yeah huh? he was uh, ready to have a i think he'd even booked some place to have dinner with everybody mm. yeah like was, he totally he totally expected this to happen yeah it was a mm. real real poke in the eye with a sharp stick yeah let's face it yeah so it sounds I, pretty awful. I gotta, you know, I gotta say, you know, I feel bad for Tournay. You know? Yeah. You know, he seemed like a good guy. It's, uh, and I really, it just seemed like he was kind of a bad position. But anyway, so when he found that out, he went back to the barracks, he wrote the letter to his mother, and handed it over to a friend, and then grabbed his gun and headed over, headed to Esterman's apartment. Okay. Yeah. And we know we know what happened there. Mm. Actually, we don't know. True. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> We get Baudet, Tornay's mother again, uh, claims that the letter that he wrote is a forgery. For one thing, the date was was four point oh five point nine eight. That which in you know the Europeans they do the they do day month year, whereas we do month day year. So right. Just mm-hmm. in case you don't know that, uh, she said he always spelled out the months, so he should have put he should have written May fourth, nineteen ninety eight. He no, didn't do that. For May. Or for May, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, he refers to her, his sister Melinda by her name, Melinda, instead of the nickname which he always used for her, which was Dada. He calls the Pope the Pope in this letter, but he always used the term Holy Father. And he also said, well, one of the last lines of the letter, quote, tell Melinda, Sarah, and Papa that I love you, and all that stuff. It was, it was, that's not a direct quote. Mm. Uh, but he didn't mention his two stepbrothers, who he also was very close to. Uh, did um was she able to produce old letters that backed up her claims of his divergence of writing style? Mm, was that I, do you know? You know, I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. I 
All I know is just uh, some quotes from her, from her lawyers, sure. and from a few other yeah. people. Because, you know, I keep letters. I have a couple friends that the way that, because I'm old-fashioned apparently, the way we talk is we actually write letters to each other. And I keep those. And I certainly would keep correspondence from a son or a significant other, things like that. So it seems like it would have been a fairly simple thing for her to say, wait, but actually look. Yeah. I have a feeling that that is probably in that 75 page document that her lawyers put out. Yeah. I'll bet you that's where that evidence is is listed. And that's why we haven't seen it. It's really, uh, it's kind of frustrating and annoying that, that that's nowhere on the internet. I mean, everything should be on the internet. I can't (laughs) find, I couldn't find that anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, she should really, what she, what she really needs to do is, and, and this is one of the, the things that makes me wonder just a little bit about her story, because she's got she's got this autopsy report, the evidence of the letters and all that. Mm-hmm. She should be able to put together like a book and all that stuff and release all this to the public, but she's not doing that. She's got these lawyers out there making statements. Well, how old is she, though? Uh, I don't know. She's, I would guess, at the time would have to be at least 50 Maybe mm. mid to late fifties mm-hmm. at that late point. 50s and She's been on a number of documentaries and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the sort yeah. of time that you pull that stuff out if you have it. Yeah, usually. I think so. Muget wrote to the Pope. That's Pope John Paul II twice, mm-hmm. um, asking for another investigation, questioning the Vatican's version of his death, of Tornay's death. Got no answer. Um, although, in fairness, the Pope at this point in his life was. Pretty sick. He was pretty old and sick. Yeah. I think he had Parkinson's also. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, he never really recovered from being shot by that Turkish guy. In 1981, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He never, yeah. So I don't yeah that really did a number on him. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. And so. Weird what being shot will do. Twice yeah. in the stomach. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like in TV, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I know, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough on you. She also, didn't she also claim that the Vatican <clears throat> said she couldn't come to the the funeral in Rome. Yeah, yeah. They said uh, they they tried to discourage her to come. Mm. They said that his body was his body was in in really bad shape and his head had been torn off. This is what she says. <laughs> okay. I can't get any documentation. Mm-hmm. This one. And uh, and also they said that all the hotels in in Rome were full. That's not true. And, but okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what she says. Okay. Well, and and you know this is probably a good time to bring something up which is everything except for that one official statement from the vatican mm-hmm. is from everybody outside of he it. said she said he of. said yeah. she yeah. said the vatican went on full lockdown on this mm-hmm. i mean they released their statements mm-hmm. and not a word was said everybody in the vatican was told especially the swiss guard you don't say a word about this. If you do, you're gone. You're out of here. Your job is over. I Which is like why I understand that. Yeah, but, but that's why the this uh, John Fillane, when he wrote his book, he was only able to get ex guards to talk to him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, nobody. Yeah, he would. Now. He would be. He he would get interviews with people under illusions of. I think he was just. He was saying he was going to write a book about the Swiss Guard itself. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the deaths, and then every time he would start to turn the conversation to the, the set of murders, it, everybody just went full lockdown. They just shut him out. Nope, not talking about that. Okay, hey, we're done. I got to go. I got to get back. I got to get back. Yeah. Bye. And people literally would run away. Yeah. I mean, that's how emphatic they were of following their orders. Well, you do. Yeah. I mean, you do. It, yeah. Being yeah. at the Vatican is 
like being in the military. Yeah. Swiss Guard notwithstanding, I think the entire organization, it's so locked down. It's kind of... It's so... Knit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, knit together. Yeah. yeah I, I I think that they might have benefited from being a little more open, like maybe turning the body over to an Italian pathologist who who did the work instead. Or of... have some forensic scientists come in and see the the murder scene or whatever. Yeah, the, I'm the sorry, murder. the crime scene. See the crime yeah. scene and and do it. You know, or participate in the autopsy and all that stuff. And maybe some of these questions would have been answered. Well, yeah. There's 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 not a single photo that. Anybody has seen of the crime scene? There's yeah. all kinds of these reenactments. Yeah, apparently, yeah, that's what I heard is that the photos have just sort of disappeared along with a little bit of evidence. Well, hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, you try and downplay a thing that happened that's kind of tragic in your community, and it backfires, and everybody says you're trying to hide something. But... Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, it's hard. yeah, and also the uh, the Vatican does have its own police force, but. Mm-hmm. They don't deal with murders very often. There. Well, no. No, not at yeah. all. So I think the last time there was a murder at the Vatican was like 300 years prior or something. Yeah. Unless I mean, short of the stories in Dan Brown's books. But... Yeah, unless, right. you, unless you buy the stories about Pope John Paul I. <laughs> uh, right. You've heard about that, right? Yes. Yeah, he was he was in office for just a matter of weeks before oh, he was found dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That obviously kicked off. Who knows? We might cover that one one of these days. Yeah. But that kicked off just myriad conspiracy so, theories. So other stuff. Hap- right, the the mom claimed other things as well. Yeah, yeah. Besides that, uh, they they sent an envoy to Switzerland to meet with her. Sure. And uh, she said here, and I quote: "This is again from John Fellaine's book, mm. the City of Secrets, mm-hmm. um, available on Audible." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quote: "He wanted to find out how much I knew and what I planned to do about it. He gave me a rosary." But he also threatened me in the name of his superiors, telling me I should stop asking about Tournay's death and think of my surviving children. He said he was sure I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to them. That's a threat, isn't it? Unquote. Sounds like a threat. Sounds like a threat, but again, we don't have any documentation. This is just her talking. So Right. Well, I, I feel the Vatican officials, the envoy, would be very careful to not have documentation of something like that, right? Yeah, that's If you're going to say something like that, you're not going to be like, oh, also the court reporter sitting right here? Mm-hmm. Right, you got that, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, yeah. Well, she's also a grieving mother. Yeah. And I, I'm not discounting what she's saying, but her emotional state kind of has to be taken into consideration Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And I think it's hard uh, when you're grieving and you're sad, it's hard to keep perspective. Well, I think you have to you have to temper what people say they heard. Mm. You know, if somebody sits down and says, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for your loss." and you've decided that they're the bad guy, yeah. it's going to sound really sarcastic and awful. Yeah. Or some, you know, things like that always yeah. need to be taken into consideration. So the the words of a grieving mother, I think, should often be taken with a grain of salt. But I do think she also has some good points. Yeah, she does. Although so, I, there was really, I don't think, any real reason for the Vatican to send somebody to threaten her. Because they were in control of the whole situation. There was mm-hmm. nothing she could do to them. So she, she posed no threat. So it's really pointless to try to threaten her. Yeah. And so that's why I think that, like you say, she maybe misinterpreted things mm-hmm. that he said. I don't think that they, they actually sent somebody to Switzerland just to. I think, to you know, I think her. that it's totally plausible that she, she heard somebody sitting down and saying, you have other children. Think about them. Yeah, yeah. Care yeah. for them exactly. as a threat. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. the Catholics you, you, are into family. You still have, you still have other children. <laughs> you know, hey, you know. Yeah, well, the yeah. Italian Catholics in particular are they're into family. If you lose somebody, 
you should grieve that. You should be sad about that, but also think about your family that still lives. Absolutely. They're important too. That's my experience with yeah. the Roman Catholics. Yeah. And I do actually have experience with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a whole Catholic background myself, mm. but I'll talk about that some other time. What some other things that she said that this is Muget again, Tony's mm. mother, uh, also said that a year before he died, Tony told her that he and two other Swiss guards were investigating Opus Dei. Oh, you know about Opus Dei, the the sinister organization, the shadowy sinisters. Not really, but Google you want to explain what that is? Because I yeah. really I had a hard time figuring this one out. Are you gonna, or should we just tell him to Google it? Yeah, yeah, you can Google it. I mean, my my understanding of Opus Dei is that it's uh, it's an organization. It's almost like a church in the sense, but it's not geographically centered on anything. It's not not a, in a town or anything like that. But there there's a cardinal, a bishop, and all that stuff. I guess they call it a um, one of the prelature. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the right word. I mean, yeah. basically, I think it's oh gosh, it's a group that holds to a slightly different theological view of the teachings of the Bible or Christ or Mary, all of that. I mean, because I believe Opus Dei, they're, they're really kind of conservative, and they think that yeah. some things that are done in the church are a little too liberal, and they're trying to uh, control or correct that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I've, I've come to understand, it. whether that's mm-hmm. right or not. That's yeah. the way I've understood it. Yeah. According to Wikipedia... Yeah. which I have pulled up on my phone because oh, I'm calling nice. Devon. Opus Dei is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church, I am quoting, sorry, yeah. that teaches that everyone is called to holiness and that ordinary life is the path to sanctity. The majority of the membership are lay people with secular priests under the governance of a bishop elected by specific members that are appointed by the Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, Opus Dei, in case you didn't realize this, this yeah. is something that I know because I took Latin, uh, is Latin for the work of God. Mm-hmm. I did um, not know and that. And the organization is often referred to by the members um, and supporters as the work. The work, okay. There's lots of other stuff going on there, but I think that's probably a pretty good yeah. quick overview. Yeah. And so, so anyway, they're... Um... You know, Opus Dei, there, there's a lot of, if you, if you look on the web, there's a lot of conspiracy-oriented stuff about Opus Dei that they're claiming they're much more sinister than I, than they appear to be. And who yeah. knows? Maybe they are, really, but they don't appear to me to actually be a sinister organization. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said for a Roman Catholic tradition that employs lay people and secular people as mm. their kind of leadership. I don't know secular. Not secular people. You, you, so I mean, that's what Wikipedia said. It was. It said that they were secular. I and again, know. you know, it's Wikipedia, so it could be wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, but if if you, within a tradition, if you're saying these non-religious white right quote unquote, that's what secular means. Mm-hmm. Non-religious people are in places of power within a Roman Catholic tradition. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. <laughs> it really so, doesn't. Uh, Wikipedia probably oh, messed wiki. up. Yeah, yeah. Send him a, send him a letter. <laughs> I did also just check one of our uh, expert emails, and you were right about the, uh, what was it, Prelature? Yeah, Prelature. Yeah, yeah it's a okay. personal Prelature. Yeah, what, personal Prelature. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's what Opus Dei is. But. Yeah, so, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, if people want to learn more Google about it, it, Google it, because yeah. it, it really is, it's really it's dense. Yeah. It's one of the things I know we reached out for some help mm-hmm. with. 
Um, it's just it's really really complex, and I think that I think that why people call it sinister is because they're not open. Yeah. Everybody wants everything to be transparent today, and they are not transparent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. hard. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So you're naturally going to get just like the Vatican, you're going to get some conspiracy theories. Right, because the Vatican is like just like that, and it's not really that open. Yeah. No, I, I, but speaking of Opus, Opus Dei, I, um, I have another quote from City of Secrets, uh, which is from an unnamed Vatican Monsignor. And the quote is this, quote, There's one common thread running through this, and it's the Opus Dei movement. The Estermans were both close to it. Navarro Valls is a member. Navarro, remember, he was a senior Vatican spokesman yeah. that gave that statement three hours after mm-hmm. they died. Back to the quote. And he was very fast in getting to the scene of the crime where, when he was alerted. And the Holy Father Shadow, what is this? Right, yeah. no I'm way. not even going to pronounce it. No. A, not even going to try to pronounce it. It starts with a DZ, so yeah, no. I know it's, it's somebody's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Zweezus. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zweezus? Okay. The no. D is silent. Yeah. The, and the Holy Father Shadow is said to be supportive of Opus Day. Given the movement's taste for secrecy, all these people are going to follow the principle that the less said, the better. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's I don't know. That doesn't really mean much, but I just had to throw that in. So well, Op- I, Opus Day figures a lot in the, the the theories around this thing. There have been a lot of that, and and again, I know we said this before, but it's it's the fact that the that nobody's talking. Yeah, that's and that's my hardest thing. Before we get into the the theory section, that's the one thing that I have with this story that's so top is so much of what we have is hearsay. Oh yeah. So it's, yeah, it uh, it's really difficult to build a firm case on hearsay. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. So I, that's it. I mean, there's very little solid about this whole thing. I mean, it's a fun little mystery. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, it's well, intriguing as killed, can be. But, I mean, yeah. I, I went and got the book for crime sakes. Yeah, but. yeah. we might have to go to the Vatican and really mm. solve this one. Well, for as an interesting aside, apparently the, op- the Opus Dei faction of Roman Catholicism, uh-huh. that's what, in the Dan Brown novels, the the guy who's like whipping himself, the self-mollification. Self-flagellation. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 the killer monk. Yeah, that's that's apparently a big part of the controversy yeah. surrounding Opus mm-hmm. Day. Although that that you know so the the Dan Brown stuff does like feed into that and I think that probably I didn't read the book but City of Secrets I bet yeah a little bit feeds into that. I, Any I don't kind know. of Opus Day I don't, conspiracy theory they're going to talk about stuff like that. Yeah, and that's kind of stuff weirds yeah. people out. Although I don't think that many people actually flagellate themselves in Opus so Day. I think I think they've more typically uh, more typically, they do stuff like fasting and things like it's that. It's sacrifice. It's, it's fasting. It's kneeling and praying for extended periods of time. Yeah. It's laying in on the floor, on a hard floor, with your arms out and your legs straight in the, the position of Christ to make yeah. the cross with your body. Yeah, which I'm sure is very which, uncomfortable after a while. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. After 10 minutes, it's probably uncomfortable. Yeah. But, doing, but it's that self-sacrifice. The, the flagellation, I that's really... That's extreme. That's extreme. Extreme. Yeah, I know that I in the book there was stuff about I cannot remember what this device is called, but there is it's kind of you know the dog collars that have the pinchers for like Dobermans mm-hmm. or Rottweilers where you pull on it and it pinches their neck. You uh-huh. mean any kind of dog that has a thick neck? Yes. Yeah. Well, not not like a choke chain. No, I know what you're talking. Okay. About. Well, there's a device like that that has little barbed teeth that supposedly 
as a a form of this will be worn on the upper calf just just below the knee so your calf muscle holds it in place mm-hmm. yeah. and all those little barbed teeth are on the inside it's essentially sawing at your leg as you're walking around all day and that according to what i've read is also a form of this uh, now whether that's true or not yeah. yeah i i don't know if that actually happens or if mm. this is like something that was a medieval thing that people say is still happening uh, but, but that's another thing i saw called out. You know, if you go on the internet, there's people that are into all kinds of weird stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, you know, in and out of open stay. But I, my, my understanding though is that is that they mostly, you it's know, mostly just fasting. It's mostly, it's just mostly fasting. mundane. It's mostly pretty, yeah, mundane. Yeah, stuff. pretty mundane. So it's not that doesn't that. mean that there aren't some radicals, but there are some radicals in literally everything. Yeah, yes. there's always people that take it a little too far. Yeah. Okay, you guys ready to do some theories? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do some theories. Okay, number one. What happened pretty much went down like the Vatican said. Boring. Yeah, I know, I know. know. It's no fun. But apparently there was tension between the Germans and the French in the Swiss Guard. Um, uh, There was persecution of Tournay by Esterman, it appears. Uh, Tournay protested to Esterman's superiors and and to the chaplain and everybody else, and they did nothing. Mm -hmm. And and so it's a theory that that his anger and frustration just built and built and built. Mm -hmm. And then when the the medal was was withheld Mm -hmm. from him without warning, and like you say, after he had done so much to to inviting his family down and everything like that, I mean... Yeah, he was ready. Yeah, he was ready for it, and it must have been a real big blow. I I know that... Do you know it's the chaplain that the Swiss Guard... Are supposed to talk to it's or the Swiss Guards chaplain. I cannot remember his name. I forgot his name too. I know it's Jell J E H L. I think oh. that's how you pronounce it. In I in a interview with the chaplain, like his name is spe- spelled J E H L E. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Jell Jell. We'll just we'll say it's Jell, but yeah. or Jelle. I don't know. But the point is, he had made the statement that. Tournay should have been informed days prior alone in a room with a supervisor and himself mm-hmm. told, hey, you're not going to get the medal. And here's why. Probably. And, yeah. and here's why. Yeah. Yeah. And th- at that point, he could have, you know, he could have broke down in tears. He could have screamed and, and yelled at everybody. Mm-hmm. But it would have been in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, and I heard he did actually break down in tears after he found out he wasn't going to get the medal. That's that's yeah. what is said, yeah. yeah. I would have. Yeah, so a major crushing blow to him, and so that's when he went and wrote that letter. Uh, supposedly he did try to, he said that he tried to contact the chaplain and talk to him about it, and but the chaplain wouldn't talk to him. The chaplain denies that, though. Of course, yeah. The, yeah. the, the chaplain says he came to him, and then he didn't want to talk. Uh-huh. It's like, well, why did he come to you? I don't know. But it's also been brought out that the chaplain had dinner plans that night. And so he was in a bit of a hurry and kind of brushed him off and said, uh-huh. come back to me later. Yeah. So there's an issue. So he's probably got a few regrets there. Quite likely. So that's theory number one. Let's talk about theory number two. Okay. Yeah, this is one that's been put out there. This is one of those vague little theories. 
Uh, Esterman knew too much about the secret intrigues in the Vatican because, after all, he was a pope's bodyguard. He spent a lot of time around the pope. But probably, so was Tournay, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he wasn't quite as close to the pope, though. I mean, obviously, he would have been. He might have, you know. Oh, I'm heard sorry, a I'm getting rumors. them mixed up. Yeah, right. okay. Yeah, sorry. Esterman was a, was the bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so the Vatican had him killed, and Tournay was just a patsy. So here's the weird thing about that. Yeah. When the Vatican put out all their statements about Esterman, one of the things that they say is he was there when the Pope was shot, which uh-huh. he was. He was yeah. a Swiss guard protecting the Pope in 1981. But they say that he threw himself in front of the Pope to take bullets and What's... defend the Pope with his life. Yeah, I didn't do a very good job of it, did he? No. <laughs> it's not true. It's, no, it's not true. It's absolutely not true no, because it's... there's photographs of the people who were in the car with the Pope immediately after he was shot. And you know who's not there? Yeah. Esterman. 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 Yeah. So it... I saw it. a photograph of, of the shooting, actually, and Esterman's hiding behind the Pope. <laughs> Holding the Pope up. <laughs> no, but, but no, he's not there. Yeah. He was somewhere off, you know, following the car. So it's... Mm-hmm. it's I don't know what he would have known and why they would have turned around and, and sung praises about him that weren't actually true if they had so much reason to kill him. Well, I think there uh, there's lots of things you can learn in the... Spy trade? The t- no, the tenure of being someone's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watch House this, of Cards that... a lot. Do you guys watch House of Cards? No, no I, I haven't. But one of the characters in House of Cards is this guy who's like kind of worked his way up a little bit to be Underwood's, the, the main character's bodyguard. And he knows a lot of stuff about Underwood that he could easily be killed for. You know, I think yeah. that that sort of thing does happen sometimes yeah. that you have access to the personal and professional life of somebody being their bodyguard. And if there's something maybe not totally right going on if that person is having a real human experience which happens a lot you would know about it because you're there protecting them through that Mm -hmm. and if you i don't know for whatever reason decided you were going to go public or somebody decided you knew too much that would be a reason but that that's completely contrary to Esterman's position. He was moving up the ranks. He had been promoted. Mm-hmm. Yes, his promotion. Well, his promotion had been held for weeks like, or months. Like nine months, actually. Yeah, it was nine months. Yeah. His, he it, The promotion and to... How, and how recently had he been promoted, actually? That day. Yeah, that day. He was, he he, was just promoted that day. He was day. that promoted. He was promoted so I that guess day. I might, not that I necessarily believe this, but to play devil's advocate for a second, he was promoted because he kept saying... Listen, I have this information, and I'm going public with it if you guys do not promote me within this amount of time. And finally, they said, all right, fine, you you have the promotion, and then shot him. Mm -hmm. Because they knew he'd continue to use that as blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. He'd continue to use it. He would eventually go public. They didn't want to continue to rank him up. They were doing that for a long time. He knew something. Mm. So they shot him, and it just happened that Tournay was a great patsy for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can see the logic in that. I don't mm-hmm. I don't believe that, or but maybe, I can totally see I the mean, logic. I mean, you know, it was an assassination gone wrong. It was something. You know, there's there's <laughs> all a gazillion things. there's so many <clears throat> things, but I think that it's it's not fair to write off the fact that 
as someone's bodyguard, he could have known something, and he could have he been could trying have. to leverage that into a higher rank. He could have, but the thing, but the, the thing about it is, is that um, if the church routinely has people killed, if that's a regular a regular thing, if they're basically just like the mafia, mm-hmm. but then um, I would think that he would know better, even if he did have some good blackmail goods. I would think he'd know better than to try something like that. Well, I you guess know what I'm saying? Mike, <laughs> I think know? that that theory doesn't hinge on the Vatican routinely having people killed. Just every now and again. Just every now and again. I mean, you would kind of assume that most people would just say, well, you know, the Pope is my chosen leader from God. Mm. I'll do whatever it takes to protect him. Their loyalty is stronger. Most people wouldn't come forward with things, or most people don't know things that really can incriminate. I yeah. don't know. I mean, well, people have made all sorts of all sorts of lurid claims against uh, Pope Francis, for example, mm-hmm. the current Pope. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they participated in killings in South America and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. hasn't really gone anywhere, has it? No. I mean, yeah, and I'm sure he hasn't. By the way. Uh, as an aside to all of our Catholic listeners, if you're offended by it, any of this, I, I I really don't think the Vatican has people killed at all. Okay? Yeah, yeah, no. I, don't, yeah no. I really don't. This yeah. is this there is this is say that, but from I don't the screwy the screwy yeah. off the the, the yeah. radar bit as well. Yeah, yeah I guess from. I should I should also say that I I yeah. agree. Yeah. I'm just you know playing that part of yeah. trying yeah. to say Absolutely. you know we should cover all the bases, and I can see where people have a fairly legitimate claim that this could have happened mm. do i think that's what actually Belief. happened no absolutely absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> nice catch Thanks. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah okay well let's let's move on to our next theory okay theory number three uh esterman the the, the head of the swiss guard was yeah. caught up in a struggle between opus Dei and masonic factions in the vatican yeah both of which were trying to gain control of the swiss guard Cedric Tournay was just a patsy. Okay, again. Yeah. I actually sure. cut and pasted that in all the theories. <laughs> <laughs> really, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the claim was made in 1999 by an anonymous group of, quote, Vatican clergy and laity who call themselves, the, quote, the, dis- the disciples of truth. Sure. Yeah, they published a book called Blood Lies in the Vatican. Which yeah. I could not find anywhere. Yeah. I desperately <clears throat> hunted for that book because I found the first one. I was like, I got to get the, the completely opposing I, version. I don't know if they even published that in English. It was originally published in Italian. Yeah, I can't, I can't find it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a hard one to pick up. Yeah, yeah. But they, they claimed that Tornay was taken to a cellar and murdered while hitmen were wasting the Estermans. And then, <laughs> and then Tornay's body was taken to the apartment and left there with his gun underneath. So it appeared that there was a, was a murder-suicide. So these guys, the Disciples of Truth, claim to have, they appear to have detailed knowledge of the investigation, although, of course, they could just be making stuff up. But, mm-hmm. but they claim that the, the, there were four used glasses at the crime scene that uh, subsequently disappeared and nobody's seen him since, along with the pictures taken by the first official photographer to arrive at the scene, which we've already talked about. The pictures all disappeared, mm-hmm. which uh, they may or may not. I don't think they've permanently disappeared. They're just kind of lost. Well, they're somewhere in they're the somewhere, archive. Somewhere, yeah. And the Vatican archives, yeah. I imagine, are enormous. On the server. Oh, they're absolutely huge. Have you yeah. have you ever heard about the, the fact that the Vatican will let you find... Uh-huh. Just about whatever you want in their archives. But good luck finding it. No, you have to know exactly what you're after and exactly where it should be. Yeah, they don't let you roam the stacks. No. Oh hell no! Of course this not. This is actually something I have firsthand, well, secondhand knowledge of because my mom 
it, her father was born in Italy. Okay. And of of a Roman Catholic family. And so they have records of all of those birth things. I don't know why they just do. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so she was pursuing her Italian citizenship. And one of the things that they said that she had to do was get proof from the Vatican. Mm-hmm. And so she had to submit a request and say, I think it's this, these dates. This is what, you know, it was written down in the Bible as this date. We, I, we don't actually know exactly when. It was between this and this date. And the Vatican came back and was like, that's no, not specific enough. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. You yeah. need to know the date, author, uh-huh. do we decimal system uh-huh. number. Yeah, seriously. Like yeah. You need to have it all. Yeah. Yeah. These, uh, these people, the disciples of truth, also claim that Colonel Esterman and his wife, uh, his wife, by the way, worked at the Venezuelan embassy to the Holy See. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that they claimed that they were actively engaged in secret international financial deals for the benefit of Opus Dei. This is what their book claims. They also claim that no one heard the shots. But mm. that, that nun did appear to hear something well, quite loud. The, the Estermans lived, they were like apartments, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's pretty much no way, in my book, pretty mm. much no way that nobody heard that. Yeah, no. The I, nun reported hearing a loud noise. Which yep. a gunshot not, would be. But she was, not five loud noises. No, she was a kind of elderly She wasn't an elderly lady. Yeah. Her hearing may not have been the best, but she didn't say she heard five things in a row. She just heard a noise. Yeah. And that's when she went to go check. Yeah. Because yeah. it was unusual for those neighbors to have, make a bunch of noise. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah they're very so. quiet. So who knows? Well, maybe they use silencers well, when they did their did their little assassination thing. Can, can we talk about that What's a little that, bit? The silencers. Well, no, just just some of the stuff that that I know you talked about some of this earlier when we were looking at the some of the autopsy stuff and the things from his mom. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I talked about this before. I didn't. What's going yeah. on? Okay, so first off, Cedric, when he shot himself, he kneeled down, so he was on his knees. And it appears from the descriptions I've got that he put his head forward as if he was in prayer. Mm. Yeah. And he shot himself through the mouth. To do that... That's like... So... Okay. Okay. So you can't... You, you know, think about... You have your, your hand out with a gun in it. So you put your thumb up and your, your pointer finger forward. Okay. You can't then pull that up because that's very difficult to pull the trigger it, it's yeah. really tough so it won't go through the top of your skull it's going to go out the back of your neck or your head yeah when your head is bent forward and you're into your chest and a lot of the reports like and there was this funny shaped hole or small hole in his skull the things that i've read the bullet didn't go through his skull yeah the bullet went out the back of his neck it went through his sp- out, out the back of his mouth through his spine, and into the ceiling where it hit the ceiling, broke stuff loose, and then bounced around. So, But that 7-millimeter hole... I wish I hole, had a gun right now. You really... Uh. No, I'm glad you don't, because it's really <laughs> scary to watch you flail in your finger around. Just trying to figure out Because the, the finger, right? Like, if you just do the, like, bang, bang, finger, like, I the can... The heel yeah. of your hand is pointing away from you. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. But, so, like, I have a trigger right here, yep. and... 
Yeah, so the heel of your hand is pointing away. That's the only way that it's physically possible. There's no way. But that also means that the gun is pointing at the back of your neck. You can't can't turn it over and have the thumbs. No, because the pistol grip would be in your chest. It's just like... uh... It's still... It's it's really implausible that the way that it's described that the slide broke his teeth. I've seen that listed in other places. Yeah, no, at that point, right, that's when you got it... You mean mean the the gun being forced into his mouth? No, well... that like he cocked it back and then pulled the trigger. When so he the pulled slide... the trigger, the slide ran. I've seen reports to say when the, when the the action hit and the slide of the gun moved to eject the bullet, uh-huh. that it was that motion that, that broke, broke his teeth. teeth. That's what I was thinking. But yeah. in well, order just... to have the gun in his mouth, he would have to have it essentially upside down. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, um, no. well, they said his front teeth were broken. I don't know if they meant his top front teeth or his bottom front teeth. But I just. I... Okay, I don't see how you can fire off a gun in your mouth, and uh, because you guys have both fired guns, right? Yes. Yeah, semi-automatic guns. Mm -hmm. The slide racks back so quickly. It's a heavy piece of steel. It racks back and forth so quickly you can't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that fast. Yeah. And so the front the front sight is going to catch your teeth and bust them off. If okay, if I am putting a gun in your mouth, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Yeah, but to put a gun in your own mouth, you no. have to have the gun upside no, down. No, you yeah. don't have to. Yeah, but they said his friend. I'm saying if he's in the kneeling head forward position, he does. No, mm-hmm. you don't. You am you I can, conceptualizing can, this can, wrong? I feel like Joe. You can turn it around. I you can you do it either way. I think most most likely what you're going to do is you're, the gun will be upside down in your mouth. Right, but, but again, it's possible to kneel <clears throat> your head down yeah, it's, it's and also, have the butt like right here in your chest. Yeah, it's, also, it's possible to do it and that pull way. Pull the trigger also. with yeah. your thumb. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. But a guy who uses a gun all the time isn't going to pull the trigger with his thumb. But my point is, yeah. I, we're yeah. way off of where yeah, I was we are. trying sure, to go initially. Sure. <laughs> no, I did, I did want to mention that the broken teeth, though, and, yeah. that, and that is the gun's front sight totally could have pulled out it could have not yeah he could have knocked out his mm-hmm. bottom teeth or yeah. it could have been the recoil popped out his top front teeth yeah either way but what i'm getting at is that he didn't shoot himself through the top of the skull yeah i know and that's why the exit wound was not was seven millimeters versus nine because yeah. it went yeah, out the exactly. back of his neck which is all muscle and skin and under pressure mm-hmm. those things are going to expand to the nine millimeter and then they're going to because they're elastic yeah exactly yeah, exa- it, yeah. Snap back into position. Okay. Yeah. So that's so that's the one thing I want to talk about when they the autopsy reports were, mm-hmm. and it couldn't have been this and somebody yeah. else had to do it. It was a different caliber gun. I don't know. I guess yeah. I generally assume that I I don't know. I would have assumed this may be a false assumption, but I would assume that the corners that were hired later would have been made aware of his position and would have factored that in. Mm. They weren't made aware of any position, though. They weren't given any details. They were just handed a body. The, 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 yeah. the, he kneeled He kneeled down part? Yeah. That's speculation on the part of the Vatican that we have all then jumped on board with, mm. and we're running with right now. Yeah, right. exactly. So, so yeah. exactly. So it could have been... A seven millimeter exit wound that what came from a seven millimeter bullet because he wasn't knelt down. Okay, right. It's possible. The other thing is that there's the blood and the mucus in his lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you shoot yourself through the neck, you don't die immediately. Uh-huh. So it's entirely plausible that he lay there alive for I don't know ten. 
15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Bleeding. Yeah. Which would have gone into, into his, lungs. his lungs. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You Entirely do, possible. Yeah. So but the, you do the, the, go back to the people who try to commit suicide, the like brain reaction of, oh crap, I don't want to do this. The fact that you would like lay there seems unlikely. You would probably crawl, try to like get to something. Well, he probably but, had severed his spine. Exactly. I mean, he probably was not able to do anything. But then he wouldn't have been able to swallow. It would have been drooling out. No. It would have run down his throat, though, depending on exactly how Depends he's on, laying. Yeah, yeah. That's it could true. have just been running down his throat. It's and hard. Uh, all I, don't. I know from first aid is that, like, you have to put people in really specific positions for recovery to open up the esophagus and to open all of the the lung and mm-hmm. whatever trachea, whatever. You have to put people in really specific positions. So yes, it is possible that he fell into luckily exactly the right position. So that that all went down into his lungs, but it's also possible that that didn't happen and something else happened. No, I. But I'm, yeah, no, I think that that's a it's a good thing to bring up. Yes, because people get on the drum and they start beating the drum mm-hmm. of it's the conspiracy he was killed early. Nah. So that's why I want to bring these things. No, up. there's and yeah, that went yeah. way farther. And I don't think we've ever had this much hand waving in the fake gun <laughs> in this studio before. We're talking well, about an Italian story. I don't well, know what you want. Awesome. I know. We're all sticking our fingers in our mouth. <laughs> Before we wrap up theory number three, after that little like, you know, run through the weeds there, um, then again, we're talking about the whole struggle between Opus Dei and, and, and Masonic factions. And the Masons, yeah. The Masons. Well, excuse me. I, that's why I don't believe this one at all, because there's Masons in the Vatican. I mean, really? No, the, the right? No. No, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually you can be excommunicated if you're for being a member of the Masons, of the Freemasons, if you're a Catholic. I mean, the, the idea that there's Masonic factions in the Vatican is just ludicrous. I mean, <laughs> I well, they are. I, I mean, know they're, that. they're yeah. Christian, well, but I don't think they're Catholic. They're anti-Catholic, and in their original in their original form, and I think that. You know, your average Mason today, I don't know how many are left, actually. Millions. But yeah. I think they're, they've become more secularized and, and all that stuff. They're not as anti-Catholic. The original Masons way back in the day used to be anti-Catholic, and they were actually committed to the destruction of the Catholic Church. And so, it, so it's actually really against the rules if you're a Catholic to be a Mason. And it really doesn't make any sense either. It's completely contrary to, to Catholic doctrine. Because the Masons believe that basically it doesn't really matter what religion you are, as long as you as long as you behave well, then that's all that matters. Would and this that, would this be equivalent to? I'm just trying to put this in a kind of a different light or a different uh, analogy. Would this be the same as saying somebody who is really into communism uh, is running for office in our country as a, as a running as say a Democrat? Would that be the same thing where their 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 personal views, according to what we know, would be so 180 degrees from what they're moving towards? Like I'm just, uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly that, how this works. I think it would be more like I don't I don't think that uh, the communists and the democrats are completely incongruous, but it'd be more like a communist uh, running as a republican. What they yeah. say is that masonry runs parallel to Catholicism, mm. right? And that they 
they they they will never intersect. They will never boil the water. Yeah. Yeah. No. Pretty much. Well, yeah. They, yeah, okay. yeah. Because I think the 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 belief of masonry, and I'm sure we'll do an episode on this at some point, but the belief of masonry or Freemasonry or whatever is that one can be pleasing to God or whatever you may believe mm-hmm. in any spiritual yeah tradition. Yeah, essentially. And, you, and... It is not required that you are a Christian, that you believe in Christ, that you're a Catholic, that you follow these rules to be pleasing to God. Right. And that is super not okay with Catholics. Yeah, no, and most churches are that way, really. But the Catholic yeah. Church especially is, you know, this is the one true faith. This is it. You know, and yeah. so it, it, it's a total contradiction in terms to be a Catholic and a Mason. Okay, see, the, yeah, the, I don't get, but it, I mean, we've had this conversation before. Like, I just never get religion. I think you just, yeah. I think that you don't not get it. I think you just zone out. I, I, it's maybe. just white noise. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I can never get the theology and therefore follow all the trains of thought. Sure. But let's mm-hmm. let's move forward, yeah. sir. I know you've got more. So here. that's why, I just, just a, a one or two more. But yeah, anyway, so Masonic, Masonic factions versus yeah. Opus Dei. I'm no. not buying it. Okay, next, theory number four. Asterman was a spy for East German intelligence in the oh. 1980s. Okay. Yeah, the Stasi, the, the infamous Stasi. Uh, the, the Vatican found out and had him killed. Tournay was just a patsy. <laughs> Copy paste. <laughs> yeah, I this, think this is like verging on plagiarism at this point. Yeah, I'm plagiarizing yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, this is actually from a book called The Secret Agent of the Vatican by a journalist named Victor Victor Guitard. 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 I don't know. Guitard. Yeah, I'm I'm through trying to pronounce these damn names. <laughs> See, people get names like John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. American names. Yeah, American. Yeah, anyway, thanks, thanks for you know alienating all of our overseas listeners. You do. Yeah, we love you. I'm kidding. sorry we can't pronounce anything like Lester. Yeah, <laughs> Lester. Yeah. So this is not, this is something I was not able to actually find any real. I couldn't really validate this one. Uh, supposedly, uh, the former director of Stasi, Marcus Wolf, said that something that he had been that estimate had been a spy for them since 1979. But I can't find any actual documentation. That's silly. Were you guys able to find any? Uh huh. Oh, did you? Okay. Steve's so, pointing to a book. Yeah. I'm pointing back to the same book because I love my local library. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's where I got this book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So the 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 rumor that the Stasi had a mole in the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure they would have loved to have had. They would have loved to have had, quite likely. But and and I don't I didn't think to bookmark the page that talks about this. So I can't give you the code name of that agent. Mm-hmm. But, they, but everybody said, well, that agent was in the Vatican, mm-hmm. except that agent wasn't in the Vatican. And the group that, that this so-called mole was affiliated with, they looked at internal issues in East Germany they, I believe it was East Germany, they they couldn't look at places like the Vatican because they weren't allowed to look at those places. So that one really, I think, is one that's just been spun up and spun up and spun up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe by the author of said book that you yeah. mentioned there. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But everything that I've I've seen, especially in most of it that seemed concrete, came from uh, Philane, but it seems... Made up. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's there's even a sub uh, like a, a like a, a little branch off of this one, which is not he was not just a spy, but he also participated actually in the assassination attempt in 1981 of John Paul II, mm. which was run by uh, essentially. I mean, there were a lot of fingers in that particular pie, but essentially it was mostly run by Bulgarian intelligence, from what I've heard. And um, so, just, yeah, okay. yeah. And so he, <laughs> if he was an agent of the Stasi, and of course these guys were all these guys were all cooperating, then they could have very well gotten information about John Paul's movements, or maybe gotten him to just like you know like step aside for a moment or two, lollygag you know? a little bit, and let, you know. But there's mm-hmm. again, I I find no no credible evidence for this at all. You know the worst part about the uh, the assassination attempt on uh, on the Pope in '81. Yeah. Do you know what the Swiss Guard were supposed to do when they were following the car? No, what? Watch the Pope. Watch the Pope? Yeah. That's... They didn't look at the crowd. They didn't look for danger. They didn't. They weren't looking around. Their job was to be there and stare at the Pope the whole time. I mean, maybe you think that maybe one guy could be assigned to stare at the Pope the whole time. And the rest of them could... Yeah. I mean, there's crowds of people staring at the Pope. Come on, let's stop staring at the Pope. Let's just yeah. buy him a Pope-mobile, actually. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, we know that eventually happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a cool Pope-mobile. Yeah. That yeah. is no longer in use. Ah. Just sad. I thought yeah. the Pope Mobile was awesome. I'd drive it everywhere. I would love to have a Pope Mobile. I would drive it. Joe would be standing up in the little <laughs> box waving at everybody. Where I and I'm the Swiss guard apparently. Yeah. Yeah, you oh. walk next to the car. Great. Yeah. Any other theories here? Pope Mobile looks like it's hot and it's on a Any other theories? <laughs> I've got only one more theory. Only one more theory and hmm. this is last theory. Theory number 5. 5? Yeah. Yeah, number 5. Uh-huh. It was a love triangle. Ooh. I know, I know. With him and, uh, with, sorry, with Tornay and Easterman. And, and Esterman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Esterman, yeah. not Easterman, I'm sorry. Apparently, maybe things weren't always so bad between those two. Mm. There's, there's a rumor out there that Tornay was bisexual. Sure. And uh, there were also rumors that Esterman was also bisexual. Uh-huh. And they had, uh, you know, I... I've heard anywhere from a two-year, a two-year love affair to just a little fling, uh-huh. but uh, that apparently Esterman sort of threw Tornay over mm. for another guy, and mm-hmm. um, or a lady, or his wife. No, yeah. it was another. It was, it was another supposedly guy. another man in the Swiss Guard, according to guy. this theory. And actually, I I hate to be putting theories like this out. These guys are dead. You know, they can't speak for themselves or anything like that. But well, but they all, I mean, theory. but they were also Catholic. I mean, so that, you know, the Catholic church by and large is particularly at this time, these days, it's a little more accepting, but at this time to be gay and a Catholic was just like the, one of the largest sins. Actually, no, it's okay to be a gay and a Catholic. You now, just, you, no, you just no, even then it was okay. You just can't act on it. You just can't act so on it. So yeah, it's perfectly to, okay to be gay. To I mean. actively <laughs> yeah. be gay. Well, yeah. you know, whatever, to, yeah. to actual to actually act on your impulses that was the sin mm-hmm. and if you if you're part of the swiss guard right you're part of the elite of yeah. the catholic church so it's scandalous it's a huge scandal you wouldn't necessarily this might this you know if this actually were true then you would think that the sooner or later that they would have found out about it in the vatican and that might account for a little bit of the lack of transparency yeah they don't want trying to, tell, to hide things up they They're... don't want to tell the whole story you know I've, I've read all these accounts as well and i'm going to take the same approach as joe which is i feel really bad for bad mouthing these guys and saying these things about them that we can't substantiate uh. 
But the hard part is there are all of the stories that I think everybody has heard of, mm-hmm. of gay priests and all the things. I mean, there's stories of, lack of a better term, sex parties at, mm. at the Vatican. Now, I, none of this is substantiated, but you hear these stories. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't believe that. Well... I've heard it enough times. Maybe I, no, I don't. I don't believe it. Like I'm really torn on that. Like I, I, mm. I don't believe it. One's engaged. One is married. You'd think that that would, you know, would stop it. But uh, then again, it's it, a lot of people have put on the airs and hidden it for ages and ages. Yeah. I, I don't uh, know where I stand on that. I uh, know it's it's hard to say. I don't think the proof is exactly conclusive for this particular one. So I don't know. It's time to flip a coin, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, which theory are you guys liking? Devin? I don't know. I don't necessarily like any of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I think uh, I really like to say there's something really nefarious going on. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my... <laughs> That's always more fun. It's yeah. more fun. You yeah. know, it's, it's more fun to say, oh, the Vatican totally had these dudes offed for whatever reason. Yeah, they had this creepy monk who liked to flagellate himself yeah. or murder him. It's, that's yeah. so much more fun. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and I, I think that the evidence is strong that Tornay was probably not the kind of guy to just go shoot two people <sighs> and then himself. I know. In cold blood. But I also don't know that there's a good theory about what was going on. You know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, know I don't think there's any, any, none of them are good to me. Yeah, I think the, um, I, even though I hate to say it, I think the, the whole the whole gay thing between Esterman and Tournay really makes it a little more credible when you it think about sense. it. It makes sense. Because, you know, you're not, even though I, obviously he... Jilted lover. Yeah, jilted lover mm. is a lot more, lot more big good excuse to go murder suicide. Honestly, kind of, yeah, that's know, way better everybody. for me than like, oh, he. I, I, I didn't you know, get my medal. Yeah. I'm not in it. Yeah, but you know, I'm not in it, so I don't know how important the medal was to Tournay. But yeah. uh, you know, to me, it's the the jilted lover is a stronger yeah thing. Yeah. So but yeah, there that's a stronger motivation. It would also yeah. help explain more why the Vatican has been so hush hush about it, right? Yeah, they didn't it, necessarily want to say yeah. these these guys were kind of acting on their sin. Mm-hmm. And you know, for the record, I don't think that saying these two dudes were gay is bad mouthing them, but Well, it's well, but we don't we don't know that that's true. That's my that's I think where Joe and I had both going. Is it, there's nothing yeah. wrong with being gay. It's Saying, well, uh, they must have been. They gay. must have been gay lovers. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Absolutely. There's think... a there's an overt tone there that shouldn't be. Absolutely. I think that it's a total option, you know. And and there's there's certainly some fair proof for it, but also there's fair proof for lots of other things. So yeah. who who knows? I, honestly, I, I personally yeah. I I feel bad. I I think that. As amazing as this is going to sound, yeah. I think the Vatican story is right. It probably is. Because of the stuff that I've read of all of the BS that Torday put up with, yeah, I think I mean, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Straw that broke yeah. the camel's yeah. back. I mean, think about yeah. you, you. You ever had a roommate that you really don't like? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And wait, no, you haven't lived with them a couple of months. You have lived with them a couple of years, and yeah. all of the sudden, they leave a plate on the countertop, and you lose your mind and go crazy at them. It's something like, like that. Yeah. yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see this same thing: is that you've got a boss that you've hate, and then one day he does something that is just so dumb, and you can't take it anymore 
anymore, and you lose your mind. Yeah, and that's that's where I think I don't I don't buy into the Vatican's. He had a tumor. He, he was, was high on pot. Yeah. Like all that stuff. I think that they were they were hedging their bets with. Mm-hmm. But I I think he snapped. Yeah, I think he that's just sad. had enough. I think that's I think it's possible. I, think... I I feel bad for the guy. Really, I kind of like when doing my research. I I I reading about Tornay. Um, he seemed like a likable guy. He seemed like a happy dude. And you know, the thing yeah. was, he's going to get his medal. He yeah. was going to go home. He yeah. was going to start his career yeah, wherever he was going. Else. I wish he had done that. The I wish Swiss he had done guard. That, well, but, but he couldn't. See, that's the problem. He couldn't do it if he didn't get the medal. I know. He needed to get the medal. The medal was the proof that he did it and the, that and he, that he did, did it right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, you and know, so Esterman was, ex, Esterman was totally screwing him up. Whether, well, whether it was Esterman or somebody mad. else yeah. that said that he couldn't get it, I don't know yeah. who, but that, that's, you know, he got screwed in the end. Yeah, he really did. He's the victim. He, think, yeah. He's, I, yeah. And not the patsy, the victim. Yeah. Okay, so we solved that mystery. <laughs> uh, now let me give you... Let me give totally you some, solved. Yeah, let me give you some relevant facts here. Uh, you wanna, you're want probably dying to find our website. Of course, you've probably already been there. But in case you haven't, thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can leave us a comment, check links. We'll have links uh, to all of our episodes, mm-hmm. and you can listen to episodes from there. You can also find us on iTunes. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, leave us a review. That would be awesome. We like reviews, especially nice reviews. Mm. Yeah, we prefer kind of nice reviews. I mean, yeah. be honest. We don't like being called idiots so much. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as streaming, you can stream us from all kinds of different places. Um, Literally, can you guys anywhere. name a dozen? No, no. Okay. I can name three. Name yeah. three. Name them. You sure? Stitcher, <laughs> Podcatcher, and Podbay. Yeah. All right, there you go. Next up, find us on Facebook. I might have made one of those up. Yeah. Okay. Nah, I don't. Uh, Pod Facebook? people. Yeah, Facebook. Find us on Facebook. We are on Facebook. Just uh, you know, and friend us, like us, leave we have comments. A group and a page. Well, we that's do. right. We do have a group and a page. I forgot about the group. Mm. I was forgetting about the group. Uh, also, we are on Twitter, Thinking Sideways. That's thinking, not thinking. Uh, and our last of all, if you want to send us an email, that would be great. Email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we've actually started this new thing. Uh, we posted on Reddit, and I think we posted on our Facebook. Facebook. And I we also posted on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it occurs to us that we have some listeners who don't. Any of those things. People don't use social media. What? what, what I'm sorry. Wait, this is another mystery media. we must look into. I listen to, really? to a number of podcasts, and I don't follow <laughs> their Facebooks I know. and things yeah. like that. I know. Yeah, we so, went with easy routes. Um, actually, we utilized this network for the first time this week, and it was thanks to John and Tarkin. I believe. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we've recently put out a call for experts. Um, on pretty much anything. Anything and everything under the sun. We pretty much realize that we are okay at some things, but we don't really know very much about anything. So we want to improve our podcast by reaching out to people who are experts in our community who are willing to help us. So if that is you, send us an email at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. I will get back to you. Put expert in the subject line. You don't have to. But do it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Put Put expert in the subject subject line. line. Somewhere. And we'll get back to you. We'll add you to the list, and we'll email you if we have questions. But we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and the only the only caveat that we ask is 
we usually need a relatively quick turnaround. Yeah. So like yeah. a day or two. You know, if you if you get your emails and you check them once a week or you think on it for six months, it might not be your gig. Yeah. Mm. So, but do send us an email. Yeah. We'll add you to the list. And we'll probably contact you at some point. I mean, we already We've did it. We've got a yep. huge list already. Well, it's been me. And... We started this, what, a week and a half ago? And yeah. we, we, I know I took advantage of it right away. Yeah. yeah. So we it's have been a lot great. of people writing to us. And by um, the way, I, I really could use a demolitions expert also. <laughs> Somebody who knows how to get rid of yeah. dead bodies. No, 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 no. So, yeah, send us that email if, if that's you and you haven't yet found us on all of our various social medias. We would really appreciate it. And uh, if that's it for you guys. That's it for me. I, I, I think, think I'm done. Okay, well, that's uh, until next week. Au revoir. <laughs>